Hello everyone, welcome to European Talks, the only podcast in the Western Balkans that focuses mainly on the region's EU perspective. The beginning of this year promised to reset the sluggish dynamics of the EU-Western Balkans relationship, following the EU's endorsement of a revised accession framework. However, the pandemic has shifted the focus on other topics like solidarity and economic recovery. What impact will developments related to the COVID pandemic have on the EU accession process of the region? And what are the EU's expectations from the region in the following period? We will address uh, these questions today with our chairman of the governing board and BEPAG member, Srđan Majstorović. Hello, Srđan. Hello, Srđan. Uh, uh, let's start with uh, the outcomes of the recent uh, EU-Western Balkans uh, summit and the Zagreb declaration. Uh, many were disappointed with its um, outcomes, claiming that, again, uh, the enlargement was not mentioned. Uh, what are your impressions from the, the, that event? Well, uh, personally, I belong to uh, a different group uh, that considers Zagreb Summit as, uh, as the best that we could get at this, uh, this moment. And I think that uh, the major takeaway from Zagreb uh, is the fact that uh, this summit took place. Uh, it was announced a couple of years ago in Sofia, uh, after 15 years of, uh, of the pause uh, uh, in organization of similar summit, summits between the Western Balkans and the, the EU member states. And in that sense, it was an important uh, event in order to uh, restart this uh, uh, regular traditional meetings uh, at a high level uh, between uh, Western Balkans and the EU. Mm -hmm. And it uh, nicely uh, fits into the uh, requirements or, um, or, or things that were promoted with the new methodology, which mm -hmm. said that uh, in the future there will be more uh, of these high-level political events where political steering, mm -hmm. uh, which is necessary for the success uh, of um, the uh, of the reforms that needs to be undertaken in the in the Western Balkan countries, mm -hmm. um, uh, will be reconfirmed on on a high uh, political level. Mm -hmm. uh, bearing in mind that uh, that the meeting took took place in a, in a video format um, uh, in a time of of pandemic. Uh, shows that um, that especially Croatian uh, presidency, council presidency, uh, wanted to uh, to leave its own mark on mm -hmm. um, on the process of um, enlargement of the EU, mm -hmm. uh, and this is very important for the the regional, uh, I would say, uh, um, uh, atmosphere and uh, for the countries in the region, which were not always certain whether they're welcome or, or not. Mm -hmm. But to go that far, as uh, a lot of people did, um, discussing whether terminology was proper, whether uh, membership uh, in the EU uh, should have been uh, stressed much more, mm -hmm. I think it's a bit of um, exaggeration, and it um, explains the level of frustration, which mm -hmm. is very tangible mm -hmm. uh, in the region, uh, with regards the uh, the lengthiness of the EU accession yes. process, but that should not be, I would say, um, the, the major uh, take out uh, mm -hmm. uh, of this this meeting. But as I said, uh, it was uh, very important that it took place. Mm -hmm. That um, European Union showed its uh, solidarity, its dedication to the to the Western Western Balkans in this particularly difficult moment for, for the region, that it pledged uh, to continue supporting the, mm -hmm. the Western Balkan countries, not only with regards to their European perspective and the future membership, 
but also with regards um, uh, fighting the consequences of, uh, of pandemic. Mm -hmm. And this is the second takeout, which is very important mm -hmm. to stress. Uh, because EU has invested uh, uh, the largest amounts of uh, financial and technical uh, support to the region. And due to uh, a very, I would say, um, uh, aggressive uh, propaganda uh, mm -hmm. in some of the, the countries in the region, especially here in Serbia, mm -hmm. um, it seems that the public uh, was not that much aware uh, yes. how much European Union is actually supporting uh, the countries mm -hmm. uh, of the Western Balkans. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, when, when you look look at it from that perspective, and when you uh, look a couple of months back when the, the new methodology was uh, for the accession of Western Balkan countries to the EU was uh, approved by the Council, and when you know that um, the Council achieved the consensus on the start of the accession talks with Albania and Macedonia, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then I think it is a bit um, over-exaggerated to go uh, nitpicking uh, mm -hmm. in the in the narratives and and the wordings of uh, the declaration, mm -hmm. um, the very you know uh, uh, the very the very decision to start the accession talks with Macedonia, not Macedonia and Albania, is the sign that uh, uh, regardless of the wording, this process is going to um, uh, be finalized by the actual membership of these countries okay. in the EU, as it is stated in the new methodology. However, methodology uh, looks nice on the paper, and <laughs> now it needs to be properly implemented. And uh, I hope that um, this pandemic uh, uh, crisis that we, mm -hmm. we are experiencing uh, might serve as, um, mm -hmm. as a positive I would say, uh, um, momentum to actually test uh, all the components of the new methodology mm -hmm. and to test the dedication, dedication and political steering and lead leadership on both sides mm -hmm. within the EU and in the Western Balkans, how much credible and how much dedicated they are mm -hmm. uh, towards uh, what, uh, what methodology is, um, is promoting. Mm -hmm. So yes, uh, political steering and dedication seem to be the two crucial ingredients in order for the new methodology to, to be effective. Uh, and based on your uh, um, uh, input so far, I understand that you think that the EU has shown, uh, especially bearing in mind the pandemic context, that it is committed, politically committed to continuing uh, the, the accession process of the Western Balkans. And uh, what about the region, or maybe we can focus first of all specifically on Serbia, uh, uh, and of course bearing in mind the last two, three months of the pandemic context, uh, would you say that the ball is now on the side of the, our countries to show more political commitment? Um, Last week we had a, a, a closed-door uh, event with uh, experts and ambassadors and there was a lot of uh, talk about this, whether uh, both sides are politically committed or now maybe it's time that the candidate countries show more political commitment. What do you think uh, are the expectations of the EU from our region and what the region should do in that respect? I think expectations with regards our region are well, well, very well known, mm -hmm. and uh, they have not been changed. Uh, uh, if you take a look um, uh, uh, from the very start of uh, of the EU integration process of the Western Balkans, uh, more democracy, more democratic stability, uh, more uh, 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 rule of law, more freedom of expression, more media freedoms. So all these. Um, um, 
principles upon which a liberal democracy stands or on needs to be uh, taken very seriously and implemented in, in practice. Mm -hmm. um, it is obvious that at this particular moment, uh, we might experience an additional lack of perhaps attention on the EU side, which is going to be focused on new budget, on the new uh, measures with regard saving of uh, the EU economies. But that doesn't mean that the Western Balkan countries uh, uh, should sit down and wait to see what's going to happen within the EU. Mm -hmm. Agenda for the EU accession of the Western Balkan countries, as I said, is very well known and uh, it's written down. And this is a, a sort of a homework that uh, you simply need to fulfill if you want to qualify to become a part uh, of, of, the, of the EU. There is no doubt that at this stage, majority of the countries in the region do not uh, um, fulfill required um, uh, requirements for the, for the EU, uh, mm -hmm. EU accession. Serbia, uh, to, to single it out as a country that, that we are in, is drastically underperforming uh, when it comes to democratic performance and, and the rule of law. Mm -hmm. uh, there are mounting evidence, recently published Freedom House report uh, is just a cherry uh, on the top. Previously, Transparency International, um, uh, then Bertelsmann uh, Transition in, uh, Index. Mm -hmm. Each of these international report, reporters without borders, mm -hmm. each of these uh, uh, international organization uh, reports are showing that uh, this, this mounting evidence, as I said, that uh, Serbia, unfortunately, is backsliding. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, that happens with Montenegro as well. And together with uh, with some EU member states, which will remain uh, <laughs> unidentified for, for this interview, um, are unfortunately the the, 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 the the worst performance oh, yes. when it comes to a democratic principle, respect of democratic uh, principles. So um, it, it would be it would be a, a sort of a self illusion if uh, uh, if uh, the Western Balkan countries uh, will focus exclusively on waiting for the signal coming from the EU with regards their European uh, uh, perspective. The European perspective lies within our societies mm -hmm. and the capabilities of our political systems to uh, come up with the democratic solutions for the, mm -hmm. for the burdening uh, political situation that we mm -hmm. are experiencing in majority uh, of, uh, of our country. This, this year is going to be marked with uh, several uh, parliamentarian or presidential mm -hmm. elections throughout the region. Mm -hmm. And these elections are going to be uh, very crucial in actually trying to prove uh, whether uh, we are capable of addressing these democratic principles mm -hmm. in the required fashion mm -hmm. or, uh, or not. You know, the pro-liberal or let's say um, uh, pro-European forces in our region have uh, in recent years been quite disappointed uh, at least or, or uh, worried about the EU's um, reactions, let's say, to the reactions of the EU officials to the growing tendencies that you have now mentioned when it comes to democratic performance of the region, um, saying that it was, uh, uh, that its responses were too tepid uh, um, in contrast to what is the realities on the ground. Uh, on the other side, the EU officials would respond that it's not their role to be the or uh, act as a political opposition in the countries of the region, that their mandate is 
completely different. They are supposed to nurture and maintain relations with uh, the, the you know, existing governance, uh, governments. Uh, how do you see this puzzle? What would you say both to the EU and, and to the, let's say, these uh, progressive forces of the region? Well, it is not realistic to expect that anyone will, you know, fall from the sky or come from abroad and resolve the uh, outstanding uh, issues with the with regards to the quality of democracy in, in our society. Uh, this is for us to to be addressed. What citizens, and I'm stressing the citizens and societies of the Western Balkans, wants from the EU, not only institutions but also representatives of the EU member states is to be very frank and open and to mm -hmm. call um, a certain phenomenon with its uh, real name. It started very uh, bravely in 2018 with the uh, back then communication on um, enlargement, uh, um, Western Balkan enlargement, where European Commission for the first time used the term uh, captured state. Um, ever since then, I'm afraid that the situation majority of the Western Balkan countries uh, did not change. Quite the contrary, uh, especially here in Serbia, due to the very restrictive measures during the state of emergency, I think that we can witness even more uh, presence of these state capture elements uh, than, than ever, uh, ever before. Uh, so uh, what we can expect from the EU officials is at least to speak with one voice. Mm -hmm. uh, if commissioner, if uh, member of the parliament, if representative of uh, um, member states uh, come to Serbia, they should have the same message box. They should have the same messages. Uh, we have a lot of visitors here in Serbia who are very flattering with regards the quality of democracy as, uh, as it is today in Serbia. And this is not good. Mm -hmm. This is not good for the citizens of this country and it's not good for the EU itself mm -hmm. because it, it creates a very descriptive uh, atmosphere of a clear division within the EU. There are good guys, those who are pro-liberal values, pro-liberal mm -hmm. democracy, and then there's the, the other guys who are not so keen, uh, who are much more dedicated to the efficiency of, uh, of ruling and of, of the, the governance, uh, at the expense, obviously, uh, of freedom of media, academic freedoms, and uh, independent judiciary. Mm -hmm. So it seems like uh, the, the war over the European values within the EU is being spilled over uh, to the region. And it seems that uh, there are a lot of actors in the region who are willing mm -hmm. Uh, to contribute to that war mm -hmm. by siding uh, uh, with some with some um, EU representatives or rep representatives of the EU countries much uh, more emotionally, if you wish, than mm -hmm. with the other. Mm -hmm. uh, as already mentioned, the new methodology promotes this stronger political steering, the stronger stronger role of politicians in the in the process, uh, and it will require more engagement and uh, more results, more accountability on behalf of these uh, Western Balkans uh, leaders. But on, not only them, it will also require the same of uh, the, the leadership within the EU. Mm -hmm. And perhaps um, it would be uh, good to finally, you know, provide the space for, for, uh, for healthy conditionality that actually uh, would impose some tangible costs Mm -hmm. for the leaders in the region, 
um, who are not delivering on the EU, EU fundamentals. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that uh, Zagreb declaration, and uh, I think it, it was a point six of, uh, of declaration, at the end of the, the sentence, mm -hmm. uh, almost with the small letters, uh, is saying that uh, future, uh, uh, future uh, assistance will be linked with the tangible results in the mm -hmm. EU fundamentals, meaning uh, democracy and the rule of law. And I think that this is this is a, a healthy basis where healthy conditional he, yeah healthy I can use that term uh, conditionality could could be applied, mm -hmm. uh, but um, uh, without freedom of expression, without media freedoms uh, and vibrant civil society as a preconditions, uh, conditionality will fail to deliver since mm -hmm. um, it will be abused by authoritarian leaders mm -hmm. and uh, obviously interpreted as a sign of Brussels bias uh, yes. towards them. So we are engaged in a sort of a vicious circle of, uh, you know, uh, who is older, chicken or, or the egg. And uh, thus, without, without a proper uh, resetting and restarting of uh, mm -hmm. internal dialogues uh, within our societies, about the importance of democracy, about the importance of democratic institutions, independent judiciary, division of power, and freedom of expression, uh, we will not move uh, uh, closer to, to the EU. And do you think that the postponement of uh, the announced enlargement package that was supposed to be released uh, in June and now being postponed to autumn sends some signal to the region? How do you interpret this uh, news? I, I think there are two angles to look at this um, this novelty. Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, one angle is obviously uh, negative, and it is not good that this year uh, we will not have regular country report on time. Um, bearing in mind the um, the the technology of uh, preparation of this report, there was more than enough data to come up with the, with the report. Uh, let me just um, um, share with you that the civil society organizations in Serbia are just finalizing their own report mm -hmm. on uh, the state of democracy during the state of emergency in, in Serbia. So there, there is a plenty of, of mm -hmm. data. And I think that that should not be, the technical reason should not be um, uh, taken as an uh, as, um, excuse uh, because that, that, would be, that would be wrong. Um, obviously, uh, this uh, uh, this falls very neatly before a couple of important elections in the region, and obviously, um, these reports could have played an important role uh, in uh, in this uh, pre-election uh, period. Uh, I would hate to uh, even think of that the European Commission decided not to publish these report because of the these uh, uh, elections coming up in the region and I'm quite convinced that this is not not the case um, but then there is another angle to to look at this um, uh, novelty and uh, it falls uh, neatly into what the new methodology is prescribing and Zagreb uh, the declaration announced it what Zagreb announced it is that uh, there will be a new economic and investment plan coming up in the in the autumn, yes. and perhaps if we take uh, take a look at this uh, um, postponement of uh, the um, of the of the country report uh, from that perspective, maybe it has a, it has its own logic because it would be very uh, important that uh, 
economic and investment plans is uh, based uh, on the, the latest data mm -hmm. coming from the region. Mm -hmm. uh, and if the report says that countries X, Y, Z are not performing well in the Department of Democratic Values and the Rule of Law, maybe the economic and investment program could be used as this uh, tangible cost for those who are not, uh, not performing well and as a condition uh, to motivate people to feel, uh, to feel this tangible cost if they're not deliver on these essential, uh, essential mm -hmm. elements of the EU accession. If mm -hmm. that is the case, then chapeau. I mm -hmm. think it will be very smart and, and positive and good, uh, uh, good idea. Uh, but obviously, as all the uh, decisions regarding the enlargement, this one will also have to have a, a consensus of all the member states. And this is not always easy to achieve. Mm -hmm. And what would be your forecasts in that respect? There are many things that we might expect in the upcoming period. Uh, the EU is uh, very concerned about its dependency on other foreign actors, especially China. It seeks to uh, uh, reduce uh, its um, uh, supply chains uh, uh, and maybe make the production of some essential goods uh, more closer uh, geographically and move it to some closer destination. Uh, you said at the beginning that the pandemic offers some opportunities to intensify the relationship uh, with uh, the Western Balkans. Uh, do you have any, um, yeah, any predictions or like what would you like to see happening and what would be the realistic scenario? I think, um, uh, and I just read this morning that uh, mm -hmm. Chancellor Merkel had the, the similar opinion. I think that those who are dreaming of um, closing their societies in, in a small national borders are very wrong. Mm -hmm. Globalization is there to stay. Uh, it is going to be different globalization. It is going to be a globalization 2.0, where regional integrations are going to mm -hmm. have a much stronger impact. And there I, I see the chance for the Western Balkans. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the, the production and supply chains. Um, I think uh, um, the, the Western Balkans are ready to take over uh, a significant part of, uh, of production. And they are already in these pan-European corridors, mm -hmm. transport corridors, important in the supply supply uh, system. So it is a uh, It is a chance that Western Balkan countries needs to, uh, to to grab. But in order to do that, the the narratives in the region needs to change. Mm -hmm. um, there was a very positive initiative coming from Serbia regarding creation of uh, regional economic area, small Schengen, call mm -hmm. it whatever you want. But in the, in the essence, it is a free market um, in the in the in the Western Balkans, and I think establishment of an area of free movement of goods, uh, services, capital, uh, especially workers, would be a proper signal to the to the European Union that the Western Balkans are changing, that mm -hmm. they are grasping the uh, idea, uh, the, um, uh, the 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 spirit of the moment. Uh, the zeitgeist, um, and uh, that they are aware of their future role within the EU. Mm -hmm. But for that, as I said, we need to change narratives drastically. Mm -hmm. um, countries who are integrating their uh, trade are democracies. These are not dictatorships. These are countries which are funded on the, on the liberal values, where institutions have a divided power among themselves, are producing proper uh, services to their citizens, 
where you know uh, um, uh, there is a clear division of competencies, um, democratic procedures, transparent procedures, uh, accountability on behalf of uh, of the leadership is is there. And this is, uh, I'm afraid, what is missing at this moment in majority of the countries uh, in the region. Thus, uh, there is a huge question mark about the seriousness, credibility, mm -hmm. and whether we can have a trust in political leaders who are not ready to invest their political um, uh, capital uh, into creation of a different, uh, better, better Balkans, as I, mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. I call it. Mm -hmm. There is a chance. But it is up to our leaderships to, to recognize it. And unfortunately, um, majority of, of, um, of citizens in, in, um, in uh, societies of the Western Balkan Six are pro that, uh, are for that kind of a rapprochement. Mm -hmm. uh, but it seems that um, authoritarian nature uh, that is governing our, our, our societies is such that uh, obviously they would find themselves completely um, incapable of um, of um, uh, working in such a well uh, regulated democratic uh, environment. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, this pandemic is even uh, making this authoritarian narrative more appealing. Uh, Sergen, is there anything uh, for the end uh, that you would like to raise as a question or topic that hasn't been mentioned so far? I would like to thank you. Um, this is my, my second podcast uh, yes. for, for our uh, podcast service. I was the first one breaking the, the ice. Break the ice, yeah, uh, exactly. And I'm very happy to be here with you once again. So thank you very much for your time, for your invitation. It's always a pleasure to spend some time discussing with, uh, with you and colleagues. Ladies and gentlemen, this was our chairman of the governing board, Sergen Maistorovic. Thank you for listening and until next time.